Stalker is this Russian movie. It was directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. And um, I like it because it's super slow. There's more minutes in it than shots. So the average shot is longer than a minute. And it's this crazy black and white. It's this surreal idea. It was kind of ripped off in Annihilation recently, that movie, if you saw it. It's, it's these people are trying to get into this thing called the zone. It's this area that people don't know what happened there, but there's like an extraterrestrial force there or something. And they need these things called stalkers to tour them through this land because it's very dangerous. So what I'm getting at with that is that movie is based on this book called Roadside Picnic. Well, the idea for that is, you know, what if aliens landed somewhere and had a picnic and then just left all their shit everywhere and then left? But we discovered all that leftover shit. Like (laughs) what was trash to them is the most amazing inventions we've ever found on earth, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of took that idea with artifact quest, like how can a narrative be built around objects that are left over from a scene? Like what can you learn about a world or a story based on the things left behind? And that's kind of always stuck with me. Talking about NFTs and that's Nifty. That's Nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's Nifty. That's Nifty. Tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Yo. Alex Delia, welcome to That's Nifty. The boys got PhDs when it Hell comes yeah. to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. Bow, bow, bow. It's like the best intro we've ever had. It's the best thing about our podcast. I mean, I gotta say, I love the podcast. I love the theme song because it's like the opposite of what you would think of with an NFT show. You would think it would be like, wop, 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 wop. But it's like this really happy, like, folk song. I don't know what it would be called. It kind of reminds me of the 90s. Shout out Chin Friction. Definitely, we're jamming in the 90s. So, <laughs> Slime Sunday's dad's <laughs> band. He might have done it by himself one night. It's crazy. I think he did. He was like, hey, you guys want a theme song? I'm going to make you a theme song. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Dude, oh, it's that- wild. You guys are in the same room. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it? Do you yeah, guys not usually do that? No, we are. We're always in here pretty much. There's only been like one interview, I think, where we, no, maybe two. Literally in Tyler's basement. This is the spot. That's so cool. I figured you guys were in different states or whatever. <laughs> No, and Slime Sunday's down the street, pretty much. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Where are you guys in New Jersey? We're in Boston. Oh, right. And That's you're out cool. in Denver? Yeah, I'm in Aurora. It's a little bit south of Denver. But yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. You know what my favorite part about this show is? Is <laughs> I never know like what someone's accent is going to sound like. 
And so, <laughs> so like, so like Bill Ellis, you had Bill Ellis on and, uh, I don't know, man, for some reason, I always assumed he was some guy from LA. And, um, because when you're from Colorado, you just think anyone who's doing anything is from LA. And like, (laughs) even if they don't have an LA accent. So I'm like, all right, I'm like getting all ready to listen to the show. And I'm like, all right, Bill Ellis, I wonder what he sounds like. And then it starts and he's like, I'm spraying links in me armpits and killing me core fish. And I was like, oh my God. We've had quite the array of accents on the show, that's for sure. It's my favorite part. I never know what someone's going to sound like. We're surprised a lot of the times, too. So, yeah, I've been following you for a little while now. I've been in the Discord, been collecting some artifacts for Artifact Quest 2021 on HIN. So give us a little bit of background. Thank you, Tyler. Like, is HIN um, the only place you have stuff right now? Tyler's a Hannibal, first of all. I just want to like Hannibal. make sure you know that. As soon as he got in, he was he was You're still not on it? No, I need to get I don't know why. It's just like the getting over setting up a Tez wallet. Are you scared? I bet he has, he has three like e wallets. No, no, no. It's, yeah, I'm actually scared. Yep. I think you'll spend too much money. That's what I did. That's what I am. I'm scared I'll spend too much money. Nah, hen for the win, or at least Tezos for the win. Um so I do have stuff on other other things. So the way I kind of got into this, I um, I went to film school and I met a bunch of people there that um, a couple of them are actually crypto artists right now. Uh, Luis Miranda and Jimmy Weber, Jimmy the Ghost, they both do stuff on him and they're pretty awesome. But when I went to film school, like I, I wanted to make movies and stuff. I made student films. I wasn't super good at them. And then um, when I graduated, I was like, well, I got to do something that's like creative or else I'm going to just hate everything. So I met with Jimmy at a meetup one time and he said, well, I'm doing motion graphics and I'm making $300 a day. And I was like, holy shit, $300 a day, man. That's fucking crazy. And so like, I remember leaving, I was with my wife and we were, and I was just like, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to try and be a motion graphics designer. (laughs) And so I try and do that for a bit. I barely get any clients. And when I do get a client, I'm like so bad at it. Like I'm just doing a terrible job and halfway through the project, I'm like, God, I I really hate this. Like, I really don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then I'd hand it in to the client and they'd be like, you know, some of them would be nice. But some of them would be like, dude, this fucking sucks. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. And like, this is really bad. <laughs> so like, I'm glad we agree. So I was just like, I don't know if I'm like, so I'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like a mutual, mutual thing here. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I'm just not cut out to be a creative person or a creative artist. So I kind of stop trying to get clients and stuff. And in the meantime, I saw people were doing everydays and stuff. And I was like, I want to try and do that. And I did it with not the usual software that I would try and get a client with. I wouldn't use Cinema 4D. I would use my phone for most of my stuff. A lot of the stuff on my Instagram page, like I'd say about 80% of it is done on iOS with a phone. But around last year, I saw Kid Mograph was posting some stuff on Twitter. This is like this time last year. It was like September. And he's like, and I was like, huh, 
how is he selling this moving image? Like, how is he doing that? Because everything I sell, I have to print it out, you know? And then I saw, like, he's selling it for three ETH. And I was like, what the hell's an ETH? <laughs> so I, like, so I, like, look into it. And Kid Mograph was actually, like, my intro into crypto art, into, like, the whole concept of it. And, you know, I still think Kid Mograph is severely undervalued compared to other artists. I think he's, like, one of the greatest that ever lived. It's two episodes and, uh, in a row, though. Kid Mograph, shout out. Might need to talk to him. You should, man. He's uh, He was literally the first person I saw doing this. I know he wasn't the first person doing it, but he was the first person I saw. And there was this time where he was doing it for a couple of weeks and then he was tweeting like, hey, man, like, I'm actually making some money doing this. It's pretty cool. And so like, I got into it. I minted a couple of things on Rarible. Uh, some of them you can still find. But I burned a lot of them. And I was like, well, where are some other places I can go? I was like, Kid Mograph is on Super Rare. I was like, okay, well, I'll apply for Super Rare. I'll just uh, fill out this application and they'll accept me and that'll be that. And I when, got to the point was, where it's like, when was what did you say? When was the first uh, uh, attempt at onboarding with Super Rare? That would be September 2020. Wow. That's super early too. Yeah. Well, I got to the point where they were like, make a video of yourself. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I never actually applied, I guess. Um, uh, uh, and then like, I was like, okay, well, I'll just focus on this rareable thing and see what, see like what's good there. Nothing happened ever. And then all of a sudden Beeple is like doing his drop, his first drop on Nifty Gateway. And I'm like, oh, cool. Nifty Gateway. I'll, I'll apply it to Nifty Gateway and then they'll accept me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so I got there. They were like, we're not even accepting applications bro okay <laughs> and so then that all transpired the people stuff nfts immediately become mainstream everybody's trying it um so i'm like okay i'm gonna put out a collection but meanwhile i have a bunch of friends that are like really naysaying nfts and i'm like scared to like disappoint them you know <laughs> because yeah. these are like my peers and they're like dude you're destroying the planet if you do an nft and so i was like god damn this is like really problematic right now like it's, it's kind of hard to break out in the scene unless you've already got a huge following or something so i made this collection on OpenSea called 99 brains and i did it completely without my name on it just so i wouldn't piss my friends off <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then uh, I put that out. Nothing really happened. And coincidentally, that whole collection got bought out recently mm -hmm. after I sold this one piece for 2000 Tez. But it was completely unrelated. But it happened at the same time for some reason. So when connecting dots with wallets and stuff? I mean, I guess there was, there was really no, nothing that ties me back to it. Mm. But anyway, those are all sold out except one. Brain number 69, which is 0.69 Tez. It's got a toilet on it. <laughs> That's that. I put that out. Nothing really happens. And I started thinking about like, well, what's a good collectible I could do? And what's a good way that I could give them out for free? Because that's what CryptoPunks did. They like gave them all out. And then the legend grew. And now they're worth millions of dollars. So how can I do something like that without spending gas? You know? And then enter Hickenunk which was like in April or something when I found out about it. And um, 
it just kind of changed everything. Like all of a sudden things weren't super precious. You could be more experimental with stuff. And um, I was able to start this series artifact quest, which I would have never been able to do on ETH. I'd be completely bankrupted right now if it was on <laughs> ETH. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm minting like five things a day. You know, you're in the Discord. You see it. That would kill me if I was on Ethereum. <laughs> so who showed you hen or how'd you um, catch a hold of that? So I saw people tweeting about it and stuff. And I was like, this is fucking weird looking. I don't know if I uh, trust this thing. I remember it's that. Really, like, it looks it's really sketchy. sketch. Yeah. yeah, it's super sketch. Like, it's got a weird name. It's on Tezos, which I don't know anything about. I just learned all this stuff about Ethereum. And then uh, my friend Luis, who I mentioned earlier, he actually told me about it. He's like, hey, you should try this thing out. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. How much is minting? And he was like, it's like 40 cents. And I was like, all right, this is all I'm going to do. Then. <laughs> this is like all I'm going to use. And it's just, I don't know. I find it superior in every way, honestly. I think Ethereum has a lot of like legacy to it. And that's there's a ton of value to that. But I don't know. Tezos, to me, feels like the true organic growth of what an NFT is. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. No, I totally understand what you're saying though, because I feel the same way about it. It's like the gas is such an inhibitor for people to enter the space that this just blows everything else away. It's just like pay five bucks for a cool piece of art. Anyone can do that. Yeah. It's unreal. And you can resell it in a lot of cases for more than you paid. You know, because the the primary market price is pretty low for everything. That's kind of just sort of how the market works there. So let's dive into Artifact Quest, man. Like, did you have a plan for this before you started going into it? Or did it kind of just grow over time? It is growing every day. I'll say that. I did have a plan that I wanted to make an NFT that could be used for other NFTs in some way. I kind of got the idea when Pac was doing his cube thing. And I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, this is a new way of thinking. I don't know. I'm sure he wasn't the first person to do it, but he was the first, like, prominent person to do it. He, she, whoever uh, they are. Um, <laughs> but I was like, this is really cool. And I, I still, like, commend them for bringing new ideas and ways of thinking into this space. And so I was like, cool i want to do something like that where an nft can be used like either holding it has value for something else or burning it has value for something else or trading multiple combinations has value for something else you know but i want to do it to where it doesn't cost 500 dollars a cube you know and so tezos was like an easy way to do that and hiccup yeah i love the you release a lot of them at like 0.1 tez and i see some bots starting to take advantage of uh that yeah, that's always been the case, man, because I, I put the first ones out for free um, until I couldn't anymore because they would all be gone right after I put them out. Um, but if I still could release them for free, I would, because especially the clean artifacts, those are just like, it's very rewarding if you're able to get one, you know, because you can either hold it or you can flip it for like sometimes 100 decks on the same night. It's crazy. From like an, an edition standpoint, or flipping through looking at the di different edition numbers that are kind of laid out for uh, the artifacts here. And, and I was wondering if you had a set number of editions for each or if that's dictated by 
fires? Um, so everyone has kind of a different addition. They all started higher. And then I kind of saw where the market was, um, like what the max amount people would buy in a short amount of time was. And then I kind of reduced everything down to that. So clean artifacts are 25 editions. Synthetic artifacts are 33 editions. Spherical artifacts are 36 editions. Dirty artifacts are five. Rare artifacts are one. And then there's different special kinds of artifacts that are various different quantities. But there's kind of something for everyone. There's one of ones, there's five of fives, there's 25 of 25s. Um, sometimes there's hundreds of hundreds, but I've been doing a lot less of those lately. I like that. I love, I, I like just the, the, the entry points that you can pick, even like right now, if I were to kind of, you know, dive in and think of how tactically I'd want to start collecting these, you know, just understanding how your outlook on it gives some you know, context and credence to where you might want to enter. I love looking at them, man. They just mesmerize the shit out of me. <laughs> Do you yeah, look at these and say, cool. yo, these suck? <laughs> like if you're putting these in front of a client, like, would they say that this sucks? I don't say this sucks. This is, like, this sounds fucking cool. It's appeasing. It's visual. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the best thing about NFTs. It's like they really made blacklight posters mainstream. Like things that are <laughs> psychedelic are are awesome, and like it's it's cool to see so much of them these days. The thing that I kind of got the idea for this and. There was a vibe that I was noticing when I was looking at old Beeple stuff. This was kind of after his big sale. So he was on everyone's mind. And I was looking back at his early works and there was like this, this kind of sophistication to his work in 2015 that I was like, I don't know, man, there's something about this art that really speaks to me. And I love the vibe and I just kind of want to chase this vibe. And so I've kind of kept that in mind as I've been making the artifact quest to chase these kind of like interplanetary desolate spaces. But then there's also like a story, an artifact quest that's not explicitly drawn out. It's a story that's kind of derived from the objects that we see and the descriptions that are in them. Because right now, like we're on Earth, but we're also on Aquaburn, a different planet. And soon we're going to go underwater in Aquaburn after we found the pelagic zone and there's going to be aquatic artifacts on there. So there's going to be new kinds of artifacts that are underwater. And then there's like, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away, but there is (laughs) like going to be kind of uh, a change in narrative structure for after we leave Aquaburn. And the reason why we're leaving Aquaburn is going to be a big part of that. But that's something that'll kind of be brought up later this year, I would say. That's awesome. So you think we're going to need those vehicles, huh? Uh, you might. You'll get. You'll definitely get some extra aquatic artifacts if you if you want some. I'm about to make a new vehicle as well, one that can go in the sky. Okay. And then I did have a question about a specific piece that I own. What does a cool synthetic artifact get you? <laughs> oh, you got the one with the surfboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, <laughs> I like that one. This cool synthetic artifact. I was Pretty like, I cool. gotta have this one. <laughs> Basically, just artifacts doing cool things. Um, Fuck yeah! So this one's so this one's surfing. I think the next one might be eating nachos or something. Uh, 
Oh man. But uh, the cool synthetics. I mean, right now they're just they're being cool, but everything in Artifact Quest has some kind of utility that's going to eventually come into uh, use. Love it. The other cool thing about the project is the way you get to experiment with color combinations and like different textures and effects. I love like the glass or switching to like metallic and stuff. Like it just keeps us uh, moving along, you know? Yeah, it's super fun. And you'll notice that like clean artifacts have like earth minerals, whereas synthetic artifacts are earth minerals that are replicated with plastics and polyurethanes and stuff. Mm. So the idea is, you know, the, in the story, the first artifact descended down into Stonehenge and left what was called a transdimensional scar in the ground. And then uh, from that scar, all these artifacts are growing and we harvest them and sell them on our artifact quest and they're clean artifacts. Uh, but what if we could recreate them? Those are synthetic artifacts. And those okay. are made in a lab by people. Um, but then we also have dirty artifacts, which are artifacts that are signals that we got from different satellites from another planet. Oh, I see. That's why they look like that. Fucking makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, the original reason I made it clean artifact was because Tezos is clean NFTs, you know? Right. And I right. wanted to separate it. But then I was like, okay, well, what if if there is a clean artifact, what does a dirty artifact look like? And then it just kind of grew from there. I have the red. Originally, yeah, originally it was just like, these are just going to be artifacts. They're just going to be this one thing. But then I was like, well, what if there were different classes that had different rarities and different abilities and stuff? And that's kind of where we're at right now. I love hearing the story behind it, man, because I was just collecting them because I thought they looked awesome. But learning that there's a deeper story is sick. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're about to get into Scrambler City. Okay. Jason nine Jason nine thousand. He bought the captured prisoner of the Aquaburn Citadel. So that's a one of one. It's a narrative art. And narrative art can unlock new story events that can unlock new items in artifact quest. So we're gonna witness this person get executed and turned into cubes pretty soon. But while we're doing that, we're in the city called Scrambler City, which is kind of like a seedy kind of inner city, like crime ridden place where you can do illegal stuff. So we're going to be buying drugs and stuff and weapons. And the drugs have utility. The drugs have utility, too, because you can burn the drugs and then create hallucinogenic artifacts. Let's go. (laughs) So it's just a bunch of fun stuff. Like, and this is shit that I could only do with an NFT, you know, I couldn't yeah, really do any does. of this stuff. Like I couldn't do any of this stuff like on an Instagram account um, because the whole idea of like owning the piece and using it for something, it's, it's like your you can only do in the quest. Yeah, definitely. This is fucking cool. And I'm not going to lie. Like as you're explaining it, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? But it hit me. <laughs> It hit me at the end. Like there was one point where I was like, "Is he talking about actual Earth right now?" I was like, I was "Like we're about to get flooded." Like, yeah, but this is this is the type of shit that I really enjoy. Just from like a um, you know uh, a narrative, and you know it's not necessarily gamified, but you know buying things to tactically put yourself in a position going forward. Uh, while also enjoying what you're buying from a visual perspective. So 
I love to hear that shit, and I get it now. So thank you for thank explaining you. it. What's with the yeah, opposite rotation? Ooh, that's a good question, man. It's a one-on-one right here. <laughs> yeah. Five guys. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a good You're talking one. about the new rotation, the one yeah. that go the other way? So, yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, shit, we're, this is way <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the fun of this whole thing is like once you get into a rhythm, you create a pattern, you can break that pattern and then create something completely different, but still the same, you know? So those ones with the new rotation, I haven't revealed what the utility is going to be on that yet, but everyone who holds one of those is going to receive something later. I don't think anyone owns multiple versions of them yet. They might after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the thing that makes me get over to test. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I just bought one of the intergalactic crystals today. Okay. What's this one about? Any, oh, any thanks, known man. utility yet? So right now, that's just space debris. Okay. But as the description says, it could be worth something. So basically, the I love the golden how rule of everything art. is like halfway promised. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you later. I got you later. <laughs> I, I, got you. I don't want to promise too much up front. But yeah. I will say that like every artifact has utility for something, even if it's not explicitly stated. And, you know, oh. and there's like 200 artifacts right now. There's going to be thousands, you know, when this whole thing is done. Yeah. I can tell you because he drops literally, it's two minimum like per day. <laughs> yeah. Except when Tez is down. I can't really drop when Tez is down because nobody buys anything. Yeah. Hint's <laughs> been pretty fucked up lately. Jesus. They gotta get it sure it has. God. Sure has. Well, how it's going on? It's just it. People are like, it'll show all your shit from like two weeks ago because it's like not registering the index or some shit. It's really tragic because you like I say all this stuff about how Tez is like the promised land for NFTs. It's good for everybody, but then you go to him and it's like this website is terrible, dude. Like it's always down. Like I respect the vision and everything, but it's on on their shoulders, kind of to like write the ship because they could i mean they're the market leader and they could be even better yeah and i mean and just the fact that it works the way it is it doesn't it doesn't seem out of the question that they could just be like we're gonna turn the site off today like we just don't want to do this anymore so i mean it it doesn't i don't know when stuff like that happens like i i i want things to work out but i just also worry that it's too big, you know, it's too big for them to handle. Yeah. I, I think someone could step in and just make another platform if they were to walk away. I mean, the one thing I'd like to retain from him that I don't get from like object.com is like the ability for the moving NFTs to actually move like on your profile and that they put all the artworks like right next to each other. Right. I actually love that. I hated it when I first got on him, but I love that they all like touch each other. I do too, man. Um, yeah, my friend Jimmy, he describes it as like Tumblr. It's like it's like yeah. a Tumblr feed that you can buy everything on, and that's great. <laughs> it's like the perfect thing. And that's probably like a good part of its success is that it has that underground punk rock feeling. And and I love that. I love anything that has that, but you know, at what cost? You know? Yeah. When it only works for a couple hours a day, it's just like, damn, dude. <laughs> I did have another question about the Impossible Buildings uh, series. I love those. Um, 
you had a good collector pick those up, right? Yeah, I did. So I sold this piece called Sweet Map um, for 2000 Tez. Um, this piece was actually one of the first things I minted on Rarible and nobody bought it for a year. So I burned it off Ethereum and put it on Tezos and then added this utility for the Impossible Building series. Which is this great, like, well, I said there were six, but there ended up being 14 that I minted (laughs) and gave to him. Um, 14 one of ones for buying that one. And there's all six. Yeah, so I I posted that series in here. Yeah, I I really dig that series. It's fucking dope. Um, And uh, I'm I'm glad that someone's collected it. I think that's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy because, like, as an artist, you've always had to, like, you've always had to like watch a commercial and be like, how can I learn how to make something that looks like that commercial? There's never been like the realistic aspiration. It's like, well, how can I just make something that, that I want to make and that people will find value in? And that's kind of the whole magic of NFTs. Like we wouldn't see any of the stuff like killer acid doing all his, like his weed stuff. Like if he was still doing client work all the time, like, we would and like that's such a beautiful thing that the world would be deprived of. Tell me about it. Exist. I bought two so, shirts last night. <laughs> I don't own any NFTs yet, though. Larry will keep telling me that. I'm glad he's on him, though. I got my notifications on Twitter. Oh, you fucking missed it. I'm trying dude. to nail that was one. Chance. So, are you guys like a DAO? Technically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Without the autonomy, like we just kind of agree in person on decisions, but it's us and Naple Rusk. <laughs> so so can like anyone just if me and my friend wanted to start collecting together would we be a DAO? is that what it is <laughs> that's kind of how we're thinking about it yeah i mean it's without the contract piece we're like i don't know the DAO holds all the shit it's crazy to like, think about we don't need all that <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't even know what you guys are talking about with that <laughs> I, I think DAOs are no like clue. they're like governed by tokens and stuff like like you can join a DAO and like all the shit that you own together, I guess, goes in a big pot and it's like contractually built. I don't know. It just seems like too much work for friends. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's kind of what's cool about the whole blockchain thing is it's built on trust and that everything is like, you know, the contract is what it is. It doesn't change. You sign it, you get the token. That's it. The money's in the money's in the wallet. You know, it used to be crazy to have to, it used to be crazy to have to chase down clients for weeks and weeks and weeks to get something you worked on for months. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that you could, that as a creative, you can get instantly paid is a game changer, just absolute game changer. In a mostly appreciating asset, we might add, despite our dollar being absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, at some point, the dollar is going to probably go away, I guess, right? These cryptos are going to overtake everything. I think something's going to have to happen. I don't. I was reading today that if Bitcoin gets too big, the government's going to like step in and do something about it. I don't know. If, they've probably been saying that since 2013, but I don't fucking know what that means. <laughs> That's such half of After this year, they're like, yeah. oh, shit, we really got to step on it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just like, what would they do? I mean, just adopt it or like shut it down. I don't know. It's crazy. I know they're going after like stable coins and stuff. Yeah. They don't know whether to classify those as securities or not. I heard that's a big debate. That's all I heard. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey, I'm a headline, headline reader too. It's the only way to go. There's too many headlines, man. It's too many headlines. You get you can only read them. You know? Yeah, because you're on Twitter. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Hey, if they didn't want us to read the headlines, they wouldn't have wrote them. Yeah, it's true. So I want to jump back to your film school um, stuff at the beginning. So, like, what part of the film process did you enjoy the most? Hmm. It's tough because film is kind of the sort of like mecca of all the art forms. You kind of combine everything to make this, yeah. this collage. Um, I love to write. I still write. I love to edit. Um, I kind of like directing. I get every time I'm directing, I'm like, I, I get a lot of like imposter syndrome and I'm like, dude, I'm really fucking bad at this. Like I'm super horrible at this. Like I'm wasting everyone's time. Um, so the directing part, I mean, I still like it. I still like the energy of it, but <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of like self-doubt and compromise that happens every day on a film set that you don't necessarily get with animation. Yeah. And so so naturally, I guess I kind of gravitated towards a post-production, you know? I liked, wanted to go to film school as well when I was like right out of high school because I took a really cool film class and I was like, I think that's what I want to do. But I read two books and like never went any further with that. I just didn't have a camera at the time and thought that was a, a hindrance. But um, <laughs> I love Stanley Kubrick. Do you have any um, suggestions down that lane? Like suggestions for Stanley Kubrick movies that you have? No, seen? no, like similar directing styles. Oh, man, that's tough. Stanley Kubrick is my favorite director of all time. 2001 the Space Odyssey is my favorite movie of all time. It's uh it's one of the it's only perfect. ones that I've purchased on uh, my cable box. I own the 4K <laughs> version of it. <laughs> oh, man. That's I couldn't like, find yes. it streaming anywhere. I was like, fuck it. I'm buying this movie. <laughs> so good. Sometimes, you know, you just got to just gotta watch it, you know? You just get the urge. But Kubrick movies are the only ones that I really watched twice in a row. Eyes Wide Shut, the first time I saw it, I watched it twice in a row. It's crazy, man. It's like, <laughs> who, has time, who has time for that? That is that's a lot of time. Um, oh, one man. of my favorite movies of all time is called Stalker. And there's actually kind of a tie back to Artifact Quest with Stalker. Stalker is this Russian movie. It was directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. And um I like it because it's super slow. There's more minutes in it than shots. So the average shot is longer than a minute. And it's this crazy black and white. It's this surreal idea. It was kind of ripped off in Annihilation recently, that movie, if you saw it. I did see Annihilation. Yeah, it's kind of the original of that. It's it's these people are trying to get into this thing called the zone. And okay. it's this it's this area that um people don't know what happened there but there's like an extraterrestrial force there or something and they need these things called stalkers to tour them through this land because it's very dangerous so what i'm getting at with that is that movie is based on this book called roadside picnic and the idea of, <laughs> yeah well the idea for that is you know what if aliens landed somewhere and had a picnic and then just left all their shit everywhere and then left but we discovered all that leftover shit. Like what was trash to them is the most amazing inventions we've ever found on earth, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of took that idea with artifact quest, like how can 
a narrative be built around objects that are left over from a scene? Like, what can you learn about a world or a story based on the things left behind? And that's kind of always stuck with me. That's awesome, man. That was was an unbelievable like wraparound. (laughs) (laughs) How did you, how did you guys just get back there? (laughs) It was great, wasn't it? Fuck. Dude, fuck. (laughs) Tyler, you're going to have to get me on to him. I know. We'll make you a Tesla. I cannot, believe, I, to... I cannot believe you're hanging out with him in the same room physically and are not on him. That's fucking <laughs> Trust crazy. me, I watch him go crazy. I, I think it really is a money problem. I think he would go broke. No, it's just... But not buying Alex's stuff. I mean, literally, if you're, I mean. if you're in the Discord waiting, point one, baby. Yeah, man. Get on. Go to artifact.quest and, you know, you can get some pretty... You can get some good stuff, like, right as it drops. Um, Clean artifacts sell out pretty I was going to say, I, I, like, I don't have a problem picking things that I like secondary right now. Well, like, the thing is, when I first started, I wasn't in your Discord, and I was still buying them at two and three Tez, because some people are okay with just flipping from point one to two Tez, and I'm just like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I mean, it's cool. The the kind of like uh, slogan I've come up with, with Artifact Quest, is it's good for the universe. So like when when stuff like that happens and it spreads around to more people, that's good for the universe, guys. Like I'm cool with that. Yeah, I don't take offense that like stuff is put on the secondary for an affordable price because I want people to be able to afford a lot of this stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, I was just wondering too, thinking back to something you said earlier. Do you think if you just made a video that your super rare application would have just been accepted? I don't know, man. I don't know if my work's. I don't know if my work's good enough. For yeah, that. but I, I would think so. Like if at that time and like seeing your work, I was just trying to um, date some stuff back there or, or find some older stuff. But that was a time when people were getting on. I wouldn't say easily, but you like there was a good amount of onboarding onto Super at that point. Yeah. So do you wish you just made one fucking video? <laughs> I don't no, think I it honestly couldn't have done this on Super. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like it's kind of a. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, destiny is what it is. And I kind of just was led down this path. I don't know, man. Honestly, I sort of forgot about Super Rare after I saw that. I was like, like when I saw that they had to, when you had to make a video of yourself. Yeah, why do you need a video of me? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this is weird. You you want me to bag? Put it somewhere? You want me to bag to be on Super Rare? (laughs) Do you think people have cried in their video? In their submission? Uh, Probably, man. Probably. (laughs) Dude, I would probably cry. Oh, uh, we know fucking Kid A definitely cried. Kid A definitely <laughs> cried. He did the most <laughs> most virtual crying. It's just a wet <laughs> mask. <laughs> so how did that work? Did he like, I know he came on your podcast and bitched about it for a bit. And then he was <laughs> shortly onboarded after that. <laughs> did that have anything to do with it? Or did I he am, have to like make another video? I don't know, man. Good it question. Just, we can't take credit for it, but it was very serendipitous. We're very proud of him. That was funny. Yeah. I think also, shout out, shout out to Kid A. Like, there's been no artist this year that's been more inspirational to me than than Kid A. He's so cool. The the and Twitter like, persona he, just keeps me alive. Yeah, and the whole the Denzel thing. I don't know if you guys ever saw. I made a full <laughs> I made a full house opening credits still of Denzel and Kid A. <laughs> oh my! I actually I think I did see that. Yeah, he made it his cover profile. It was like a, a huge honor for me. I was like, this is so fucking funny. Fucking <laughs> Denzel, man. He, he, the number of but times yeah, man, he's like been one of the on only, this podcast. 
<laughs> I'll meet him someday. We'll we'll uh, we'll hang out. But, but uh, yeah, Kid Aid's been been awesome. Like the only like the only ETH purchase I've made this whole year has been a G Ball. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of those. Had to just love them. I want to keep buying more. Actually, it's hard, hard not to. to. Hard not. The to. floor is juicy <laughs> right now. It's so cool, man. Like it's the it's my favorite collectible for sure. I don't think he would have came on without Bill Ellis, though. I think that connection right. just like rolled right in because it was it was like Bill, and then we had Kid on. Yeah, I I didn't even re- initially remember it. We just but... talked about with Bill. He was talking about the baby with ski mask on. Yeah, <laughs> and we tagged Kid Eight. And he was like, "Hey, can I come on the pod?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. And then he had yeah, uh, Bill Ellis podcast. A couple a couple of uh, beefs that were public at the time. He was like, oh, I hope I didn't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, Dude, we were scheduled. He was like, they're never gonna call me back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember the the fuck render thing when he got hacked and the kid I was like, How about we collab, yo? Yeah. <laughs> and then on your podcast he was like, Oh my god, I'm so glad he didn't push the button. <laughs> <laughs> Poor timing. Oh, oh funny. But it's been great, man. Like this whole year has felt like four years and um, I'm just so happy you guys have been able to document it because I think this shit is really important. It's the most important art has ever been in history, I feel. Could be right. Uh, I can appreciate that. There's something about it that just feels like, you know, if it's like a bad, if five people like listen, a, we're going to fucking still do it. Yeah. Well, like just <laughs> yeah. the, the space in general, like it's like you drive by a car accident and you're just looking at it and I just can't like I, I, when we drove by with the idea, like it couldn't stop looking at it. So it's, I don't know. It just felt like this podcast yeah. is like a car accident. This car, <laughs> this, yeah. It is a car. No, no, no. Yeah. We're a car a special guest too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're driving our Dave Krugman car around town. Yeah. I appreciate that, though. We appreciate that because I don't even think we realize that we're documenting anything. We're just fucking trying to get info out of people and artists that we that we enjoy. <laughs> so, like, fuck. Thanks, man. Yeah, the story behind I mean, it is what are we're... there other NFT podcasts out there? Because I don't really. Yeah, there are a couple. I, um, Dave has one. All Ships yeah. podcast is great. NFT Now is out there. They do a lot of different kind of content. So I don't know what their podcast is like, like viewership wise. Roger Dickerman fucking sucks though, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the I think thing. Their theme song ain't shit compared. The problem to is ones. everybody's theme song ain't shit, so nothing's gonna ever compare. This is not uh, as high of a standard you could possibly set. Dude, it I of... agree so hard on that. <laughs> Do you like how hard it used to drop? Someone had to tell Tyler to fucking chill with the levels on the uh, <laughs> on the sound because it was coming in hot. Yeah, <laughs> shout out the best. Shout out to Fesk. He DM'd me and was like, dude, you got to like normalize that shit or something. Because I was blasting the intro. So fun. Well, we're Why just learning. You, man? We don't know how to do this shit. Podcasting's fun, man. I love podcasting. Just bought a Zoom subscription. The pro one. Nice. And then that's in these $30 mics. <laughs> Damn, man. Spending a lot of ETH on that Zoom subscription. <laughs> I should have paid. It's got to be coming up. Yeah, it is probably coming up. Fuck. Seriously though, I, I'm gonna. You got to set me up. I will. I'm jumping in. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna be scouring secondary because I need to look at this collection, your collection on a desktop. Yeah, you need to see them all next to each other, yeah. spinning. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty tough to see them on a phone. 
Yeah. So so do you like uh do you like go on him and look at it and you're like, wow, this is great. Someday I'll collect. No, him. I don't go on him <laughs> at all. He can't even look. I don't even go on. I've never typed in the website unless I click someone's link. Well, it is hard to spell, so I don't yeah, I, I don't <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I can't spell kid eight, so I can't tell time. It's just two things <laughs> that'll never never change. So uh do you guys have a, a D vol in, in addition to your G vol? <laughs> we missed that boat by like a day or two. We were about to get one and then I think the floor like shot up like crazy. I think we could have yeah, got them even cheaper. Like when we talked to them, they were pretty Yeah, they were like point three at one time. We were just idiots. We were looking at them. Yeah. It was like Tyler. We were sitting in this exact same spot. I was like, Tyler, you're going to buy this ape? It was at like point two. <laughs> He's like, nah, man, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I missed the boat yeah. on the apes. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you something like regarding the apes and like the whole utility, like the secret club utility. Do you think that's like, a long-term sustainable thing that's going to live on and a lot of other projects are going to do it. Dude, dude, you're talking to someone that you're talking to two people, Tyler first, that, that didn't want to buy one for like 600 bucks. I bought one, should have bought two, but I sold mine at like 5.5 ETH. So like 45 days before they really started surging. So I don't, I I didn't see the roadmap at the time. I see it like roadmap 2.0. And I think the yeah secret club aspect, honestly, is where I think most of this value is. But I don't know. Because there's get? people with so much fucking money that I don't like. They can just do whatever they want. Like, yeah, I'm in this secret club where I own this picture of this ape. And we meet I can do cool shit. Ibiza once a year and you have to fly there yourself. It's like, who can do that? Well, it's like the, you know, I mean the the one day i woke up and i had a fucking dog airdrop so <laughs> that was free money i sold that as well but like i don't know i'm an idiot so I, like I, that type of so thing you, so you had apes and now you don't have them i had one single ape i had the the nine thousand nine hundred and twentieth rarest ape <laughs> like comically like low rarity thousand dollars right now or something Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, maybe a little less. I think of like forty, maybe. So, yeah, that was a that was a that was a good that was a good sale. It was still green, made a good amount of money. But I was in on that because good, I don't know. good lesson. They call that a tuition of life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's money I never had. So that's still a nice win. But fuck, I'm an idiot. Um, but that's because I don't like. I don't see the roadmap like that, but I don't know. Do I think cards are cool. Do I care? Yeah, but no. Yeah, do you as collectors <laughs> care about that stuff? I don't like need a club. I mean, if we like have a couple meetups at like a convention or something, that'd be cool. But I, I think we're like living in the metaverse now. I'm fine with like hanging out on Discord. Like I don't find that weird at all. You know? I mean, you're not going to find me in Miami. Yeah, me too. Maybe Art Basel. <laughs> Man, I got so much FOMO when there was that Bitcoin Miami thing. I was like, "Oh man, oh. I don't even, I don't even have any Bitcoin, but I wanna, I wanna be here, man." Yeah. Seems like, look at all these famous people. This oh, is crazy. Famous to like us. <laughs> yeah. Well, then there's Paris Hilton. She's famous to a lot of people. That's too. true. She follows. I'm me. sure she blows my mind. Does she? You should tell yeah. her to follow me. 
Paris, you should right you should follow Alex Delia Art. You should tweet her at her right now. Yeah, I'll tweet at her. Dude, I also gotta I also gotta commend you for pronouncing my name right. You're the only person in the history of my life who's pronounced my name correctly. <laughs> I get like Isn't a trophy or something because it's gotta be the you first should, name. First I should name make you like a, an exclusive artifact for that or uh, something. Alex, it's Delia, right? Yeah, it is. Can you can you pronounce Tim Riapel? <laughs> Tim Rupel. Uh, Tim Rupel. Hi, I, I still forgot to tweet at him and find out how to pronounce it. I need to do that too. Right after the Paris tweet. That was I was just listening point. to that before this one, and that guy's a dope artist too. Um, Dude, also, we got some great feedback the, on that one. Like it's yeah. it's blowing records out for like first three day download. It's wild. Yeah, he's really good. Also, with an accent that I wasn't expecting as well. You know. It was, it was like a really mad cool. dog meets someone else, but that little—it's a little <laughs> Canadianness, but not the same Canadianness yeah. as like Aphoria. I was yeah. just—I'm proud cool. of you for trying to pronounce his name in front of him. <laughs> Thank you. That's, a, that's all ever, I need to be confident. He never said it in the interview, right? No, I don't think so. It's pretty rare for people to say their last name, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I don't think. Unless people like read the title of the podcast, we sometimes don't even introduce people. So that's why I jumped in today. I feel like sometimes we're just like jump right in. We try. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Literally, you you were surprised by us just sitting in the same room. I've been in this room for quite a long time. It's been almost I, a year. I, I don't hate it. Surprised to even see you guys on video. Like, I feel bad for not being on video. I only left it no on because I'm too lazy to lean forward and turn it off. <laughs> okay. That was actually the funny part um, with Kid, too. He came on no mask. Like, this is on video? Like, nah, man, you're good. All right, good. He's like, it was fucking hot in his house, so he's like, I can't wear this mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I tweeted that it's actually, he's probably actually Sam Smith, the, the British singer with a, with a ski mask on. <laughs> one, of, one of his followers actually painted the ski mask over it. Oh like, my God. It's pretty close, man. It's pretty close. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Can yep. confirm it. He's not Sam Smith. Yeah, but also, I think you have, you have, did you say the video? I, yeah, I have hidden video of Kid Eight without his mask on. I have to dangle that over his head. Yeah, just a little blackmail. Not officially blackmail, but what's he afraid of? <laughs> does he get like does he he's, get like threats and stuff? He's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. It's just what? like Sam Smith. What? <laughs> <laughs> you got a marvelous singing voice. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he came on, just belted a tune. <laughs> <laughs> That would be crazy if it was him, or if it was Denzel, if it was the same person, like That's which everybody else thinks. <laughs> a lot of people aren't really conclusive on that. He can't be. He when he tweeted the picture of his um odometer the same day, he had like eight eight thousand eight hundred eighty followers. <laughs> it's hard. 188,008 miles. I think kids said something like, "I didn't know cars could go that long." <laughs> Me. That's probably because yeah. they're in kilometers over there. Yeah, he would be. Best part about. I think the best part about all of this is getting to know the people who collect my stuff. I think, um, yep. like, getting to know you guys and getting to know other people in the Discord and people who follow me and and collect the stuff and are interested in it. 
Like that's something I could never get if I was, you know, doing client work, you know, yeah. it would just be someone, you know, if you saw a commercial I made, you would have to like look up who did the commercial, you'd never know. the animation. Yeah. You'd never know. So like no one would ever really know if anything they did made an impact on somebody. Well, what's but cool now, now kinda, it's changing with me. I'll watch something and immediately think who the fuck made this. And I don't think I thought that before. It was just like, eye candy it was there i was looking at it but now i'm like a a human being like made that on a computer yeah or they like sculpted it like talk block does or they uh yeah. you know took took pictures or coded it like lulu x you know like there's all kinds of different like styles of art it's funny because i actually don't really collect a lot of 3d art even though that's the only art i really know how to make you know the type of art i collect is kind of the art that i would never be able to make <laughs> yeah how'd you start collecting or were you collecting as you were creating i was collecting as i was creating once once i was able to like get some tests coming in from selling some artifacts yeah i was able to find some people and then i'm also like convincing my friends who are on eth and not selling anything to burn that stuff and put it on tez so that i can afford to collect it and <laughs> sometimes it's worked and uh Still waiting on others. Who should we uh, but, have uh, on our know, radar? Where it's at. Or, like, who, should, who should we help you kick off of the ETH and bring on to Tez so that we can then battle for their work? <laughs> well, a lot of them have come over already. But I don't know. Like, There's so many cool creative people in Colorado. You know, There's Jimmy Weber. There's Luis Miranda. There's John Kamalik, who just, just joined him. Um, there's Justin who goes by cash flow. He actually doesn't live in Denver, but he's from Denver. Um, and his shit is selling out in seconds when he puts it up. He actually thought there was like a bot problem. <laughs> Jimmy, where I will, Jimmy and I were like, this is so adorable, but he just doesn't know that his shit is selling so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's really good. Harrison Vincent. I wish he would do some stuff on ETH. He's also from Colorado. He's fucking sick. Um, if he did some stuff on him, that would be amazing. Sean Astrom does some stuff on him. He has a Planet series. Uh, he's I've heard Colorado. that. He works. He's great. Like I actually learned what a fractal was from him mm. at a, a, at a meetup in Denver. And um, my Impossible Building series is all fractal based. Like I wouldn't have even known like what that was if I didn't meet Sean that one night. So it's cool to see Sean putting some artwork up because he's really fucking awesome at it. Like all these all these artists in Colorado are awesome at it. And quite a bit of them haven't even stepped into this space yet. That's the exciting part. Yep. And they'll keep coming over. I hope so. I don't know. Some people are still kind of like, think it's really bad. Yeah, but it's... Is it though? I don't think it is. I think that was kind of blown out of proportion, right? Well, I don't know. There's probably two ways of thinking of it. Like, yes, there's probably uh, like offsets for this energy. So like the energy usage isn't like actual carbon footprint, you know, it's like offset with clean energy, quote unquote. And I get that. At the same time, <laughs> we kind of forgot about this whole conversation once like PFP projects came in and then everybody's buying 10, literally 10,000 pieces of something. You know, when I was starting in 
you know, early this year, they were like, you shouldn't even mint one piece, dude. Like you're going to destroy the planet and you're a disgrace if you mint one piece. Man, like how many PFP projects have come out? It's like, it's got to be literally millions and millions and millions of transactions. Yeah. So like, so that argument, like whatever damage we were going to do has been done many, many times over. So I guess we should just forget about it. <laughs> yeah, my thought process is just like there's so many other worse things that we do that we aren't even attempting to stop. That it's like, I don't know, this is also probably not great, but so is like everyone driving a car to work. So, sure. And I agree with that. And, um, but I also think that just Ethereum needs to go to proof of stake so that it's more accessible for everybody. I mean, the price can stay where it's at. I'm cool with that. But, <laughs> That's V2, like, right? That's like gas coming. fees were non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. But when, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was so. supposed to come out in July, you know, and that, and like that kind of affects people's trajectory and how they want to carry on with their careers in this space. Like if I want to mint some stuff on him, like I would probably wait until ETH2 came out or not him, sorry, on ETH. I would probably wait until ETH2 came out, you know, because I want to mint a lot of stuff. Right. Do you think that that'll cause a mass exodus from Tezos when ETH2 is finally up and gas prices go down? It's highly possible. I didn't Very think highly about possible, that. That but... might crash Tezos, not financial advice. Well, well, you know, it's interesting because like OpenSea is supposed to integrate Tezos at some point. And like that's cool. I'm all for that. Um, but what does that mean? Does that mean Tezos and Ethereum are the same thing? Does that mean that any NFT can be bought with any cryptocurrency that OpenSea supports? Does that mean that a Tezos piece becomes an ETH piece and it's on the ETH chain at that point? Yeah, that's I don't know. weird. I, I mean, think I'm it would just interface. Like, I feel like it would just show them as well. But they would still, you would buy them with Tezos, maybe. That's how yeah, I would but, think about it. But what if you wanted to pump something up and be like, hey, I want to spend like 30 ETH on this thing that's regularly like 30,000 Tezos or whatever? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I just don't want to be rapping like, like there's going to be someone out there with 0.00001 ETH wrapped to like, Tezos. Like at some point, there's going to have to be a correction. Like Tezos is going to have to come up to ETH or ETH is going to have to come down to where like it's kind of a similar currency to pay for stuff. Because yeah, like if, if something is getting translated, like if you bought a clean artifact on ETH, that's like what, one millionth of an ETH or something? Right. Like it's super low. That's crazy to think about. I wonder how they're going to tackle that problem. You're not talking no, about the right people. Well, they're definitely not tackling it because they were supposed to have that shit done a long time ago. And I don't think they've even started on it. I think they haven't even hired people to do it. Oh, I, I did mean, mean to ask you, when you're creating the artifacts, uh, what programs are you using for that? Is or Do you start with kind of like a, a set preset that you like move around? Yeah, so I built a studio in Cinema 4D. Um, artifacts are actually super easy to build. It's just uh, four cubes in a cloner object. And then that cloner is affected with a random effector. And then the random effector is changed for every artifact and every material is swapped out for every artifact. 
and then you know an artifact is really just a canvas you know so like an artifact is something that creativity can come from rather than just its own thing yeah i can see each one being like an inspiration for another artist to like make a piece based on those textures and colors yeah i mean that's the dream i'm trying to do collabs with artists but haven't haven't gone as well as i've hoped yet (laughs) yeah there was something else i wanted to ask about oh yeah so you were talking about turning in certain objects and like burning them for other ones is there any rhyme or reason to like if i were to give you a mixture of like synthetic and clean and dirty artifacts like what would come out of that are you talking about the mutation chamber yeah okay so for those who don't know there's a mutation chamber in the discord where you can go in and combine artifacts that you have you have to sacrifice them you have to send them to me and then i'll either burn them or put them in a museum and um then uh I make a like a custom one of one, but it's all kind of like a bespoke interpretation of what artifacts you're going to blend together is. So it's not like I have like a machine that can put I can put all these artifacts in and then make one. It's it's still got like you know a, a hand a handmade um, aspect. To it. I think that's way cooler that you get to like okay these are the ones he's turning in like and this is where I'm going to build out of that. Yeah. And you know, and that's ten tes have like process it right. What'd you say? That's like the there's a ten tes like processing thing to do the mutation chamber, right? Yeah, right now it's ten tes. It started at five. Um, the price has risen, and whenever the whenever or sorry, as time goes on, the price will rise and fall, and also the chances of uh, atomic uh, meltdown will also rise and fall. So if someone creates a mutation chamber or if someone creates a mutation in the mutation chamber while the chances of atomic meltdown are high, the earth will actually explode. And then there will be no more there will be no more clean artifacts because there will be no more earth to derive clean artifacts from. Holy shit. (laughs) Use it while you can. Yeah, so use them all you can and keep your eye on the top because if you if the chances of atomic meltdown are high and you do a mutation, you might uh, you know, cut off the clean artifacts for everybody. Did you say where we can see the levels? Uh yeah, it's on the Discord in the mutation chamber. It's just on the pinned message. I'll just go in and edit it whenever the radiation level changes. I think it's low right now. Gotcha. What what else little corners of your Discord do I not know about? Um, well, there's the lore section um, that has like the story. Um, I'm adding to that little by little as it comes in. Uh, there's the Scrambler City where we're going to be doing drugs and shit, and um, then there's there's a locked channel that I can't really talk about right now called Project Seven. Um, <clears throat> And that's going to be a, a big, big thing uh, derived from Artifact Quest coming out pretty soon. Okay. like the tease. But there's that's no information nice. on that yet, in the Discord at least. Love it. I'm pumped. I got to go explore. There's a lot more that I need to read. Yeah, and I need to write some more too. <laughs> the, uh, Discord is really cool. Like like learning, learning about all this stuff the, and creating the Discord has been super fun, I think. 
it's kind of necessary, I feel like, in like the community building aspect, especially when you're doing something like this that has a narrative, has like a utility function to it. There's like, you can't do this over Twitter and have it be like, a, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like as tight knit of a community. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, def- I definitely tried most of the year to just do it over Twitter and, uh, you know, the results kind of speak for themselves, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but ever since I did, I opened the Discord, it's like, everything's leveled up like like everything is way better like i can explain stuff i can answer questions like it's just it's it seems like if you're creating any kind of like series project you have to do a discord yeah i would definitely echo that there's just too much to keep track of otherwise you know and one day i'll get to a point where i'm like as dedicated as threesomes you know and i'm able to do the like the full like, cause he's just crazy. He's such a he's inspiring crazy. artist for utility. He's stuff. probably the reason why. Like, no, he's the reason why I'm not on, because I can't figure his shit out. I see Tyler with his spreadsheets. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. And you said something earlier that reminded me of threesomes. You said every artifact hey, man, has I have utility. no idea what's going on there either. I just think I'm. Yeah, it's just like that. And so yeah. that I kind of take what he says to heart where it's like, yeah, everything everything that Threesome's put out puts out has some use for something else. Like why like why shouldn't everything be like that? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good model as well, man. Hard. You got a good storm of things going on around you. And you can find me in the mutation chamber real soon. I know. I, I got to pick out the ones I have. I have a shit ton of artifacts at this point. And I want to look at just them together. I like kind of wish I had a separate wallet just for your series because they're all mixed in with a bunch of other stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, object.com. I can just sort it. Mutate two because you only need to mutate two. That's the minimum. It's going to create a one of one regardless of what you throw in there. So it's maybe more advantageous for you in the artifacts as possible while still making a mutation you get what i'm saying yeah but now maybe you can I get a, definitely a more interesting mutation if you yeah. mutate more things together i didn't pay a whole lot for them so i kind of want to just build like yeah a give it a try man. yeah <laughs> now yeah. i guess that helps everyone's addition size and you can too. use the free artifacts too yeah it does so all of them are eligible rarity increases mutated. constantly in artifact quest yeah um except for like narrative art like the one of one uh still pieces just because that would be that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. I have a still piece of yours as well. Which one? Uh, I think it's like purple and blue, and it has smoke. It's not a one of one. It's a two D artifact. I keep saying artifact, like artifacts project. It's artifact. That's a word. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> with like smoke and it's purple and blue. Gosh, I gotta look it up now. Sounds like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> You probably got the you probably got the captured sky artifact. It was it was way back. This is this is an owner of the piece talking to the creator of the piece. Neither of them know which one it is. <laughs> you know what's crazy, Tyler? Like you you know what's crazy, Tyler? You and I are like connected for life now because I know you 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 own my work. It's like it's it's wild. It's surreal. It's really cool. And like that's how it is with a lot of people we talk to. It's, we either own their art and that's why we're talking to them or we want to and we end up doing it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the the community aspect of this is second to none. Like, I've just never experienced anything like it. Totally agree. 
I'm going to find this. <laughs> trying. Oh, what are we doing with the color ones? With like the red, blue, green. Oh, do you do you own all those? No, I just own the R RGB ones. Oh, okay. Well, if you own all of them, I'm gonna give you the spectrum artifact. That's right. There's one that's a one of one hundred that like it says something about it spits out other artifacts, I think. Which one? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no idea. No idea. <laughs> so usually usually the usually the high versions don't have like um derivative uh value. That's I guess that's another thing I should have mentioned. Like rare artifacts and some other artifacts will will produce unique things, not necessarily artifacts. Like I'm working on one, this guy got a rare artifact that has a pearl replicator in it. And so I'm working on these uh pearls. There's like these floating pearls that he's gonna get a hundred editions of to do whatever he wants with. That's sick. That's crazy. So like some people, like there's one guy that yeah, so like one guy got a the casino gold, and that gives you fifty gold artifacts. So I dropped fifty divine gold artifacts to him. And, you know, and he's choosing to like, um, I think he kept like 20 of them for mutations and stuff. And he sold the other 30. So I got I'm one. sure he made his money back on what he. Yeah, you did. I remember that. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm pretty sure he made his money back because of that utility. That's actually crazy. I haven't seen anyone do the, you know, buy like a one of one. And I'll give you a full edition of like 50 and you can sell them. The same piece, yeah. Well, it's like I'm a surprised that piece. people don't do that. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't do that. So, like for the execution that's coming up, the owner of that Jason Nine Thousand, he's going to get a thousand tickets to distribute across the universe for everybody, and whoever has that ticket is going to get the video feed of the execution, and they'll get five nutrition cubes because when we execute people in artifact quests, we turn them into cubes and eat them. Mm. So basically everyone in artifact quests is going to become a cannibal at some point. Love it. <laughs> so another cool one that I own, the first artifact for education. Oh, the purposes. interactive one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those are pretty cool. I want to do some more of those. Zoom in there. Crazy. And then there's an AR filter. Yeah. So I'm going to do some future ones of those. And those are going to be interesting because since you can move them around and stuff, I'm actually going to carve in messages into some of the cubes oh. that you'll have to find at a certain angle that'll tell you what certain ones to burn or to have uh, in your collection to, you know, go further in the quest. That's nuts. Love it. So glad we had you on, Alex, because yeah, this I was just collecting cubes, dude. <laughs> and there's so much more to this. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's kind of cool. Uh, you could you could just approach this collecting cubes, you know, and the cubes, they look pretty cool and they stand on their own. But if you want to yeah. collect a lot of them, there's there's more to it. And there's a whole like there's a whole like mythology happening right here. I've been stockpiling. But yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. No yeah, problem, man. Awesome. What'd you say? I've been stockpiling all the cubes. Everything I yeah, get my hands please on. Please do. You're gonna need them <laughs> soon. Buying is encouraged. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, really appreciate your time, and um, I'll, I'll see you in Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Thanks, yeah. Alex. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you both. This is this has been.
been amazing. Like, uh, keep, keep it up. I hope this podcast goes on for years and years and years. And, uh, hopefully I'll be back sometime. Yeah, exactly. We'll get returning guests. Uh, as soon as Aquaburn happens. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're in Aquaburn right now, but as soon there's going to be a revolt on Aquaburn. Oh, pretty much whenever you want to tell us the coolest shit that you're about to do, just bring it to us first. <laughs> yeah. We'll be your one source. <laughs> yeah, I will. Definitely. Perfect. Well, appreciate it, Alex. <laughs> Sounds good. That's an agreement. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Later, See bro. Ya. Damn, that's nifty.